Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and two films up for review this week. First off is Violent Night, which stars David Harbour as actual Santa Claus. And then there's Hunt, which is a Korean spy thriller directed by Lee Jung-jae, who you probably know as the star of Squid Game. First up is Violent Night, and I don't know if I did myself a favor or a disservice by not watching the trailer going into this film. I generally try to avoid trailers, but I may have missed an important part of the premise, which was, I guess, a fun surprise, or at least added an air of mystery to a film that does not have a lot of mystery to it. I had just seen a bunch of billboards of David Harbour dressed as Santa Claus, and it seemed camp and, and hammer horror or gore-y, I don't know, which are not my normal genres of choice, but one, it's the only major release coming out this week, and two, sometimes these things can be fun subversions of you know, the genuine sacredness of the types of films that come out around this time of year. So, hey, went to see Violent Night. I, this is one of those times I'm going to recommend you watch the trailer in advance. This is the tiniest of spoiler alerts if you have not seen the trailer. I did not realize that the concept behind this movie is that David Harbour's actual Santa Claus, like magical Santa Claus with reindeer and powers and all that stuff. And so I went into it for the first however long thinking like, What's the, what's the gimmick? What's the reveal? What's the, like, what we're going to find out he was like a former special ops agent or whatever it is. <laughs> nope. I was uh, very off in that territory. So it's about, this film is about a, if a Santa Claus or the Santa Claus got trapped in some sort of weird high stakes hostage, blackmail, bribery, violent situation and how he would react in that. Uh, there is a young child in peril, which is why he involves himself, because otherwise I think he would probably just be like, you're adults, figure it out. Uh, so the movie is just a bunch of violence, as promised by the name. It does live up to that. I do. I went to a screening where people were aggressively into it. And I think if you think you'll like this movie, you'll like this movie. And if you are off-put by the trailer, you're going to hate this movie because it's not for you. It is very transparent about, you know, what it is setting out to be. And I do think, to its credit, it accomplishes the goal of wanting to be just a series of violent acts strung together. I think the saving grace of it is, one, David Harbour <laughs> Santa Claus. I thought he actually, you know, he's very personable. He gives a warmth that I think in somebody else's hands, it would have come off as uh, just, well, I mean, disingenuous, but also in a, in a like, we're not in on the joke or, um, you know, we're too cool for school way. I, I think that is a possibility. It also stars John Leguizamo, Edie Patterson, Cam Gigandent. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Alex Hassel, Alexis Lauder, and Beverly D'Angelo. And uh, it's a violence fest. Like if that's if that's what you're into, which you know, all right, uh, it's a it's a Christmas themed violence fest. It's nothing more and it's nothing less, except for with a tiny tiny bit of like genuineness and and commitment to the role from David Harper. And also, I should give a shout out because uh, child actors can be uh, hit and miss. And and the girl, uh, her name is Leah Brady. She plays the young girl in peril, the daughter of his family. I thought she did a fine job. You know, I, I think she's a, a pleasant. Uh, stand in for the Macaulay Culkin-esque character. Although it's, people keep pegging this as like violent Home Alone or Die Hard meets, you know, some of these things. I guess it's, you know, any movie that involves a Christmas theme. It is a little bit Home Alone-y in that this is just a bunch of series of gags that are, are I mean, it feels like they pitched this in order to enable just a bunch of series of gags that they had planned and they're like I guess we could throw a plot over it but really what would happen if you know this horrible violent thing happened and this horrible violent thing happened you know what are the transitions between those less important <laughs> but she does a fine job David Harbour does a fine job like I said 
if you like the trailer, you're going to enjoy the movie. And if you don't like the trailer, you're not going to enjoy the movie. I, because I had not seen the trailer, I had a, a very odd experience. But I, I do think the uh, enthusiasm of the crowd I was with did buoy me a little bit because I was like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's, it's meeting its mark. So I'm going to give Violent Night a 3.2 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The other film I have this week is called Hunt. It is the directorial debut of Lee Jung-jae, who you probably know from Squid Game. He also stars in it, and just for a little Squid Game reunion, it's also got Hyo Sung-tae, who plays the sort of um, uh, mafioso, longer-haired, tattooed man. It also stars Jung Woo Sung and Jeon Hye-jin. I, oof, okay. So it's a spy thriller, and it takes place in the 80s, and I, I think, uh, this is going to be tough. So I'm very pro watching films in languages other than my own native language. I don't have a problem with that. I feel, I feel I'm relatively good at paying attention to them. The challenge with this film is that, so it sets itself up in a sort of fictionalized political world that is very similar to ours, uh, but it's centering around, you know, a not real operation. As far as I know, it's not based on history. <laughs> that was not clear, but it seems very fictionalized. It takes place in the 80s and it centers around, one, the ongoing strife between uh, North and South Korea. There are other political players involved, but two, it looks at this this sort of internal uh, two groups. One is is focused on the domestic side of uh, again South Korea, and the other is focused on the like international side of essentially like the KCIA. I don't actually know if that's a real thing or if they've just ported that over. Um, they keep referring to like the JCIA and the KCIA. So I guess yeah, central intelligence agencies would be you know an international thing, but I don't. Why would they refer to themselves as? you know, add the country of it to their own thing. Anyway, I found that odd, but it could just be a me thing. So the problem is, is that it's one of those, okay, you don't know who you can trust, who's on whose side. They're all investigating each other while also trying to, uh, you know, unwrap this larger plot. But I, the problem is like, I don't care because their affiliations or what the, the they're sort of leading to as hints change every two minutes. And I know the idea is to keep you on your toes and be like, ooh, are they the traitor? It's about a hunt for a mole. I should say that. And it's, it's like, okay, are they the traitor? But when every twist and turn, there's too many twists and turns and you get whiplash. I think that's the big problem, right? Where I didn't feel a sense of, ooh, maybe I am starting to suspect this person naturally because they're having you suspect everyone, but they're giving so much credibility to those moments that at a certain point, you're just like, I'm going to zone out on this because you're either all the traitor or not the traitor or whatever it is. And you're all bad you know um your, your interrogation methods are terrible this is this is ironically sometimes felt as violent as violent night violent night delights a little more in the gore of these things this is just a lot of action scenes and then very intense screaming at each other scenes and I just something about it did not connect for me I think if they had taken a couple passes at the plot and just like slimmed it down more and focused on this relationship between these two heads of the domestic and international divisions of South Korean KCIA and and their uh, lack of trust in each other you know there are moments where they talk about like the backstory between them all these things and there's there's too much happening and I feel like possibly because it is a directorial debut they were just like we got to get all these things in here more is more but more is not always more so from an acting standpoint I think it's fine you know again it's a very uh, macho man masculine not macho man but they're all it's one of those movies where this is true of most modern made action thrillers where of course the men are all like 
you know, just superhero trained soldiers and, and invincible and have the best shot, like aim ever and all those things. You know, there's just an unwillingness to have fallibility. Uh, so there's a lot of like, you know, gunfights and, and street chases and stuff like that. And it just gets to be a little much. And and again, also, it's like, well, you know, but also the body count in this is very high. It's, it's very strange. So do I recommend Hunt is a great question that I've been asking myself since I watched it. Not really, I think, sadly, is the answer. And I really want to support this. Also, they're doing a period piece. It's set in the 80s, but it doesn't feel that way. You know, there's certainly some visual elements in terms of the cars they drive, but the clothing they wear doesn't feel very 80s. I mean, maybe Korea in the 80s was much more fashion forward than the Americas were, but, you know, it just feels like everything's very tailored and modern. The look of the film feels very modern. I don't feel like there's any sort of inhibition, but just like challenges of the lack of technology in the 80s. Everything feels very instantaneous, which would have been actually like a great thing to add to the suspense is like having to wait for information because that's what happened at the time. Not even if you were the world's most cutting edge spy group, you're not going to get access to all these things so quickly. Everyone is too proficient and good and therefore it's like too evenly matched and you you just there's no sense of investment for me as an audience member at a certain point so if you're this is super your jam and you love a spy thriller and it doesn't matter what the stakes are and any of that stuff and you don't really need to care about the characters like go ahead and watch this but otherwise I I found it kind of to be a bit I don't even know if it's disappointing because I was like, oh, you know, the debut when, especially when you were moving from one type of creative role to another, I don't always have the highest expectations. I think somebody like, um, I don't know, John Krasinski did a great job of it, but uh, I, I think... I didn't get a sense of who he was as a storyteller unless who he is as a storyteller is super frenetic. So I'm only going to give it 2.9 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.